This is Stacks and the City, the podcast about getting this money and achieving financial independence by any means necessary. And this is episode 13, CEO Spotlight featuring my young homeowners, Maya Mitchell. everybody happy thursday it's stacks in the city here i'm your host ashley hi everybody thanks so much for listening and tuning in it's gonna be a great episode today i do uh, i am featuring miss maya mitchell of my young homeowner as our ceo spotlight of the day she and four other young ladies under 25 have created a youtube channel a platform to help promote home ownership for other young women. What I really want people to pay attention to during this interview are three specific points that I thought she honed in on and made. I thought they were phenomenal. I will have them in the show notes. And the first one, you all, is something simple, is E-Trade. You know, I didn't even know that E-Trade was, a th- I mean, I knew, but I didn't know people were actually like investing in E-Trade. She made it seem like it was as simple as starting a Facebook profile, and you'll definitely hear more information about that. Just do it. That's the thing. From what I got from that, do it. Number two is research. You all, like I said, knowledge is power. She definitely validated that. Um, With everything that she did, she researched it. She got newspapers. She got social media forums. She talked to people. So when in doubt, if you don't know, find out. Y'all, we don't have to be in the dark anymore. That's what Google's for. Google is literally Confucius. Just treat it as such. Google knows everything. And thirdly, is the difference between being resourceful versus having resources. You know, she does have uh, advantages and resources that she used. She was resourceful with what she has. I have a lot of respect for that. The thing is, there are a lot of people who do have more than you do. They may have more, quote unquote, what it looks like, but are they really taking advantage of it? And I really do encourage you all in general to look around at your surroundings, no matter what they look like, no matter how ideal or rustic or cruddy they may look, and find the silver lining in that and find out what you can do to make your environment better. Be resourceful. Don't focus on the actual resources. There's a difference. So, okay, I'm done. It's not about me today. We're going to jump right on in with Miss Maya Mitchell of My Young Homeowner. Hello, everybody, and happy Thursday. Thanks for coming and tuning in to another episode of Stacks and the City. I'm your humbled host, Ashley. Welcome. And, oh my gosh, I am not alone today. We have our CEO Spotlight of the Month. We are featuring the fabulous, phenomenal, and marvelous Maya Mitchell of My Young Homeowner. Maya, how are you? Hi, I'm good. Ashley, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm so honored. Oh, stop. Oh, stop. (laughs) So uh, Maya Mitchell is one-fifth of My Young Homeowner, which is a new YouTube series coming out to help and inspire young women of color to become homeowners. Yes, I'm very excited to inspire people and let them know that it's more than doable to be a homeowner in your 20-somethings. In your 20s. So you're telling me that you're a homeowner and you're in your 20s. Yes, ma'am. I turned 24 this past March. Congratulations. (laughs) Oh, y'all, Lord, my hairs are gray. Congratulations. (laughs) 
Congratulations. Thank you. So I turned 25 this past March. I'm going crazy. No, tomato, tomato, y'all. It's <laughs> still not, it's still not my my age. Still not my age. So tell me a little bit about your story in terms of being a homeowner. What first tell me about your family background yeah. and why you decided to become a homeowner in the first place. Sure. So I'm born and raised in Prince George's County, Maryland. Um, my parents have all dabbled in real estate. So growing up, I saw my mom purchase her own house as a single parent. Um, My stepmother purchased a row house in DC. Um, And so just watching those women be homeowners in their own right, I guess, inspired me subconsciously as I got older to wanna have my own and own. Um, So I went to Hampton, graduated in 2015, I immediately went back home, saved up some money for two years, and then at the end of that two years, I was able to start the home buying process. So I purchased a house also in Prince George's County, which is where I grew up. I'm literally 10 minutes from my mom, 10 minutes from my dad. I love it. Um, But yeah, I think my parents always instilled within me the ability to not just be a consumer, but the importance of being an investor. So when I was 10 years old, they bought me my first uh, share of the Walt Disney Company stock. That's so cute. So yeah. you're not getting Barbie dolls and Woody dolls. They gave me shares of stock. That's and awesome. ever since, I've just been taught the importance of finance, saving, budgeting, not going into debt. And I think that's really helped me build a foundation in my 20s. So. That's amazing. Yeah. So you would definitely uh, attribute some of your parents helping you. Not necessarily financially per se, but instilling. Oh, absolutely. Um, I will say my mom probably is MVP. She's the GOAT. She's the number one reason why I'm, I'm at where I'm at. Because she afforded me the opportunity to go to school undergrad without any loans. Um, so she really allowed me to have a jump start at life in my adulthood. She paid for me. Um, out of pocket. Of course, you know, we've been, we have been saving my whole life. But... Graduating with no loans really allowed me to kind of start instead of trying to catch up, if you will. So as soon as I started working, I saved my money. I opened up my own stock portfolios. I opened up a mutual fund. And those um, mechanisms helped me to put down a down payment, help towards my closing costs. So my mom really is like the reason why I'm here. Thanks, mom. Love you. It's for y'all. Shout out to them. <laughs> shout outs, mom. Thanks, shout outs. <laughs> shout outs to Barbara. <laughs> so that's that's awesome. Yeah. So here's the thing. I think a lot of people would look at you and look at your story and say, "Oh, well, you have so many people helping you, right?" Mm-hmm. They would say, "Well, I don't. I don't have. I have a lot of debt. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of this and that." What would you say? How can you inspire and encourage other people? to do what you did, even though they may not necessarily have the means to do it, or the so-called means. Yeah. I feel like these days, you don't need the tangible means. It, it really starts, like you need your mindset. Okay. You need the perspective and the belief in yourself that whatever you want to accomplish is more than doable, even if you don't have the capital, even if you don't know the person, or whatever the case. like. And I guess it's easy for me to say that because I did have help, but I could have still had all this help. I know people who were brought up in the same household the Mm -hmm. same way I am and don't have the mentality that they can own. They don't have the mentality to be an investor. 
Um, so I really think it starts with your mindset, which is why we started this platform for homeowners and potential homeowners, just encouraging them and letting them know that it's more than doable. There's plenty of resources out there to help you figure out what the first step is. Plenty of resources to help you eliminate your debt and try to help you save more money. So even if you're making, if you're making some type of money on a consistent basis, you have the ability to save. Eventually, that savings can turn into a down payment, an investment of some sort. That investment can lead to plenty more. So for those who don't have the mom I had or who have student loans, one of the girls, actually all of the girls, I think, I could be wrong, but all of the girls on the panel have student debt. So, Interesting. Okay. And they bought homes. And they still did it. Yeah, they still did so it. So it's still possible. It's so, still possible. So you're saying there's a difference between having resources and being resourceful, using what you got. Absolutely, okay. absolutely, absolutely. It starts with your mind. Once you get into your mind that you wanna accomplish something and you truly feel that way, nothing should stop you mm-hmm. from accomplishing it. Like whether or not you have the money or not, it's a factor, but you can find ways to be resourceful. Excellent. So you would say staying at home kind of help you save that down payment. Ooh. Because I know people who live at home too, who've had the privilege of staying home, but they still don't have anything to count for. Listen, what did you do? If you are listening to this <laughs> and you have the ability to stay home, take advantage of the ability to stay home, okay? If you, once again, have the are afforded the opportunity to make a consistent income and you're staying consistent home. Consistent income. Yes, you should be saving more than half of your monthly income. If you're staying home, there's no reason why half of what you're making shouldn't be going to a savings account. Half? Absolutely half. Absolutely okay. have. So when I was living at home, I had no idea what I thought my mortgage was going to be, but I knew that eventually I wanted to own a property and I knew it was going to be a lot of money. So I was like, let me just go ahead and save $1,000 a month. And by staying home, I didn't have many expenses. That might not be the case for everyone, but at the end of the day, you're not paying a full-fledged rent or full-fledged mortgage. And that's where most of your most of your expenses go toward your living costs, Exactly. Right? So I did have a car note. I did have a cell phone bill, other things here and there. But at the end of the day, I was able to save half of what I was making. So I had it to a point where as soon as I got paid, half would go to my savings. So I didn't did even you? miss it. So, you, so I was going to ask, how did you organize your finances? Yeah. So I would get paid. Half would be automatically deducted from my paycheck and go to my savings account. I didn't have a card for that savings account, so I wasn't able to go to the ATM and deposit money for my savings. In order for me to access my savings, it was very difficult to to do. And if I accessed it too many times in the month, I would get penalized. So I set that up as an incentive to not touch it. so whatever was left was what I had to work with. If I ran out, then okay. I was staying in the house. I was eating food from my family's kitchen. Like I wasn't going out. So doing, no money exactly. left. Exactly. That no was money what I had to head. work with. And if I wanted to shop, I reached from that bucket. If I wanted to go to brunch, I reached from that bucket. All of my expenses reached from that bucket. It got to a point where... Not only did I have half going to my savings, but when I got clear about the fact that I wanted to buy a house, when I got clear about the timeline I set for myself, I also set up a stock portfolio. 
So I had a certain amount. Yes, a personal one. I had a certain amount of money being deducted from my paycheck going to that stock portfolio. How did you set up a stock portfolio? And what is that? So, yeah, I don't even know what it is. <laughs> stock portfolio is um, basically any company that's public, let's say Apple, Netflix, um, anything that. So, companies that trade on the New York Stock Exchange. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Um, you have the ability to buy shares of that company. So, for me, I have an iPhone, a MacBook. It just made sense to have Apple stock. Um, everyone in my family has a Netflix account. It just made sense for me oh, to invest of. in Netflix. Okay. So you're not just being a consumer. You're not just pouring money into that company monthly, but you're also getting a share of that percentage okay. of that company's earnings. Okay. Um, so I would have about $140 going to my stock portfolio every, every month. month. Okay. Um, and that would go... That would be divided amongst the various companies I invested in. So Apple, Netflix, and I invested in a few others. Others as well. How did you? So how did did you go to a bank or something to start something like this? So setting up a stock portfolio is like setting up a Facebook profile. Um, you can do E Trade. Um, I was doing Share Builder, but they just got bought out by E Trade. And E Trade is an investment bank. Yes. Okay. And it's all online, so you can just literally Google E Trade. And then the website will come up and you can like log in or create a profile or whatever it is. But you just put in your information, you associate it with your banking account. So you'll need your banking account number, your routing number. And then you can, based on however you spend your money or whatever companies you are interested in, figure out which companies you wanna invest in. So for me, like I said, I have a lot of Apple products. So it just made sense for me to invest in Apple. I love Netflix. I'm invested in their company, their growth. So I was like, let me buy a share of Netflix. Um, so you can have a certain amount of money going towards that stock portfolio. And the more money that goes into that on a consistent basis, um, once again, you earn your shares grow. So I started out with one share of Apple at X amount of dollars, and now I have like 17 shares. And my stock portfolio allowed me to buy my furniture for my house. What? Yeah. Um, and there's also an app on your phone. There's hella apps you, that allow you to keep up with the stock market and everything. So, so I, it's so, so I know we're talking, y'all, I know, hold, we're just digressing from homeownership <laughs> real quick because this is important. I know that we hear about the stock, we hear about the market. I feel like it's a very esoteric, confusing entity. Even for me personally, I'm like, yeah. I don't even know where to start. Yeah. I'm like, mm, shares of Apple, like a piece of having, the piece of the Apple company is really expensive now. I would, we're just very incredulous yeah. about where our money goes. Right. How in the world, like, I know that your parents help influence that, but how would you recommend getting people past that fear? I think yeah. a lot of us have fear about investing in the market. Yeah. I started, um, I subscribed to Yahoo Finance. So when they would have finance articles or things about certain businesses, I would get it in an email and actually read it. Um, when I was staying at my parents' house, I had disposable income, so I started paying for a Wall Street Journal subscription. And that really helped give insight into various businesses, mergers, and acquisitions. Anytime a business is about to acquire something, you can so Acquire assume, means a big business is buying a smaller business. Yes. Okay. You can assume that that company's stock is going to rise. 
So, um, so the value of the company will rise. The value of the company will rise. If you have shares in that company, that's a bonus for you. So I just started researching, like subscribing to the resources that are already out there. Yahoo's free. Google's free. Doing my Googles and like figuring out what would be most profitable for me to invest in. So even if you don't know where to where to start, go to E-Trade and just make an account. You don't have to link it to your um, uh, bank account. You don't have to know what companies you want to invest in, but that's step one. So when you do have done your research, you can go ahead and connect it and go ahead and have money flowing in. That, y'all, wow. <laughs> Literally, wow. And you paid your furniture from the E-Trade account and then deducting $140 every month. Yes. That's and granted, simple. I've been doing this for like two years. So it does take time. It the takes stock market time. It is okay. volatile. It can be very shifty. Um, but it is a great way to invest. Not just having a savings account that could potentially have low interest. Um, the stock market can be a great secondary account. You know, that's where the real coin is, y'all, in the market. In the market. In the market, yes. That is awesome. Okay, sorry, y'all. Quick digression. Yes. So starting as soon as you can and keeping it for some time oh, will show results. If you have a job where you're making $10, you can be saving seven and invest in the rest, the three. Like, that's, that's how... That's how easy it that's, is. Yes, that's how easy it can be. Wow. It doesn't have to be so... It's not, it's not a Warren Buffett situation? No, it doesn't have... I mean, if you got it like that... Yo, this is a Maya Mitchell situation. <laughs> That's what it is right now. Girl. Excellent. Okay. All right. So back to the home ownership process. Yes. So you have your money. You, you were able to save your money. You were resourceful. You're using everything that you, that you can. When did you decide to take the plunge and describe... Just walk us through your home ownership process. Yes. So... Like I said, I started working in May of 2015, living with my family, did a few side hustles, and I was like, okay, let me make the stock portfolio, let me make the savings account. Planning also, ahead. Yeah. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my money, but I knew I needed to allocate it so that it would be profitable. Like, it would make money overnight. Stock market can make you money overnight. I invested in a mutual fund, which I can talk about later but yeah that also mm -hmm. you know it just I didn't know what I was going to do with it but I was like let me put this aside for a rainy day um and so I was doing that for a year and I was like wow this is really working I could do something substantial I know I want to move out eventually and I know I don't want to rent so I'm probably going to buy a house and then once I came to that realization I gave myself a number when I start when all of my savings start nearing this number then I can get serious about finding a realtor, get serious about getting pre-qualified, looking for neighborhoods. Um, so I was about 5000 away from my goal, um, and that's when I started the pre-qualification process. I got a realtor, a family realtor, just someone my family knows. Um, she helped me get pre-qualified. What is that? Getting pre-qualified basically is the first step in the home buying process. So it's basically getting a stamp of approval from a lender, from a bank, um, letting a realtor know, letting a seller know that this person is qualified to purchase a house. They have the funds to be able to pay off a mortgage. You can go ahead and show them out, show them houses. They're legit. Okay. If you will. So it's so a stamp of legitimacy. I can't go around by looking at homes like house hunters. 
I mean, you could do whatever you want. <laughs> but will people take you seriously if you're not pre-qualified? No, they will not. They okay. will not take you seriously. So if you want to buy a house, your realtor is going to ask you, have you been pre-qualified? If not, they'll probably fall back a little bit really? until you get pre-qualified. Okay. Because, of course, they get paid based on the sale. And so if you haven't even taken that first step... You're not yeah, serious enough. They're like, you're not serious. Catch me in a few months. When <laughs> I can't speak to all realtors, but generally, pre-qualification is the first step. Okay, so that's mm-hmm. very important. So yes. basically, that's like the number. Yes. Okay, so you get your number, and then what? Got my number, um, started doing some research. I live in the DMV, Washington, D.C. area. Very expensive. And after I did my research, I said, there's no way. Well, I didn't want to stretch myself then by trying to move into the city directly. Okay. Um, in, like, the actual D.C. In proper. the actual Washington, D.C. city. I was fine living in the suburbs. I just wanted to live near Metro. So once I near my number, I was like, okay, research. Where do I want to live? What are my expectations? What do I want in a house? What don't I want? Like, narrowing, fine-tuning my list. Um also something your realtor is going to want to ask you you kind of have to think about what you want in your property where you want to live because they're going to ask you these things and you need to give it deep thought (laughs) so neared my number fine-tuned my list um found my realtor she put me in contact with a lender and the lender is the one who starts off the pre-qualified process so they'll literally email you Um, A list of documents you need to send them, your W-2s, your 401k statements, um, your taxes, um, bank statements for the past like X amount of months. You'll have to get all this information to them. You'll have to fill out this pre-qualification form stating how much you make, how much is in your savings, um, all of these things. How long you've been working. They verify your employment history. It's a lot of work. I'm tired. It's a lot. Oh, sorry. Whoops. Yeah, yeah it's great. It's a- <laughs> That's so tiring. It is not for the faint of heart. Okay. Um, it, it really is a sheet of paper, though. You fill it okay. out. Okay. Or you email them, whatever the case, fill it out online. But you do have to gather all those documents. So if you're listening to this, not only will I encourage you to start an E-Trade account, but I will also make sure you're um, keeping tabs of all of your different forms. So know how to quickly access your W-2s, know how to quickly download your bank statements. So have all that stuff just ready. Have it ready and um, make sure it's accessible. Yeah. Okay. So you go through all this process. So how... How did you find your home? Like, what made you decide to buy the home you did? Yeah. And the, like, what? I'm curious. (laughs) I'm curious, George. So after I did the pre-qualification process, I sent in all those documents. I filled out the form. The lender came back to me within a week and told me, you're in good standing. Your credit is good. This This is the amount of money you can qualify for as it regards to a home loan. So this is how much money the bank is willing to give you based on all of your information. So based on that number, that's that was my number for the homes I could look at. You know, if you get pre-qualified for a hundred thousand dollar loan, you can't go look at a three hundred thousand dollar home. Oh, really? No, it's not. It's not wise. Oh. It's frowned upon. <laughs> what happens to a dream deferred? Oh, <laughs> look, baby steps, baby, baby steps. steps. 
So once you get that number from the lender, that's when you and your realtor can go out and look for homes in your price range. Okay. So after that, my realtor took me around based on my fine-tuned list, based on what I researched, and we looked at various homes. At first, I was looking at older homes that had been refurbished, mm. um, but then I came across um, the neighborhood I'm in now, which I really love, and it's newer. It's a very young, professional population of neighbors so close to the metro it has everything i wanted everything so, you wanted yeah. place. Mm-hmm. awesome and a lot of things just kind of fall into place you really really need patience with this process because mm-hmm. you'll find a house you realize it's over budget or you find a house and realize other people want it too so they've placed offers on the house that are higher than your offer so you're you're willing to pay a hundred thousand, but someone else is willing to pay a hundred and twenty. Guess who the For seller's the gonna go house. with? Yeah, so you gotta have patience. Okay. Yeah. So you can't you can't get too emotional when it's like the house that you really love and yeah. you may not get it. Yeah. That's, that can be really disappointing. It can be, but like you really just have to know that everything is meant to be. Like what's for you is for you. Mm-hmm. So if someone tells you no or this house falls through, then it's just not the house for you. Hmm. But you really have to be mature about it. Okay. So this is a very <laughs> mature process. Oh. Oh, yes. I can't state that enough. This is oh. very mature. It's for the grown and sexy. Y'all, this is, this is a rated R process. This is for the grown and sexy. R. Okay? Yeah. That is <laughs> awesome. Were there any challenges? Were there, like, what was the hardest part about this? Besides, like, I feel like there's a lot of paperwork, a lot of highs and lows. What was the most difficult part about homeownership for you? The most difficult part about the home buying process is after I found the house. So once I found it, um, my situation, I ended up having to work with a different lender. So the lender is the bank or the entity that's going to give you the money to buy the home. Because nobody has hundreds of thousand dollars outright to just throw cash um, so I started off getting pre-qualified by one lender and due to various issues, had to end up working with another lender. Um, that was awful. Yeah, so switching lenders, finding a good lender who will explain things to you is, I think, the most difficult part. When it comes to lenders, they're granting you a large sum of money, so you can only imagine the things that you have to go through, the information you have to provide them in order for them to find you viable um so Mm. when it comes to the lender process you have to send them hella paperwork i mean i was on the phone with them every week i was emailing them almost every other day documents they need approvals signatures they'll send me lists of things and i'm reading it with terminology i'm not familiar with so i think just the whole lender process was very frustrating because i they didn't explain to me what I was signing, what I was like putting my signature on. Um, thankfully, I had my mom. Google helped me a lot. Once again, for those people who don't have, you know, that, that type person. of resource, yeah, yeah. Um, platforms like this, like there's so many like blogs and different things that explain to you what an itemized sheet is, or like just different documents that you'll have to sign in different parts of the process. Um, so I think everything was fine up until the, the me finding the house and dealing with the new lender. Then that's when it got stressful. It got real. Yeah, it got real. Interesting. But it was worth it. Absolutely. Clearly. What makes your Absolutely. Life, what makes your life so different? Now, besides the fact that 
you know, you went from living with your family to not. What makes your life so different now that you're a homeowner? Like, what, what, how is the feeling different for you? I think that's so such a good question. As a black woman, knowing that I own something in a country with such a volatile history as America, I mean, it's, it's that deep for me. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. being able to own property in a country where my people were, were sold as property is huge. Um, additionally, the idea that I would be able to pass something along to my children that could potentially create this pattern of generational wealth is huge. Mm -hmm. Once again, being black in America, a lot of our families don't come from wealth. You know what I mean? And so I want to change that narrative for my kids. I I mean, I'm not trying to roll around like Beyonce, like on Jets. Oh, we could be Blue Ivy. I mean, we could, but, you know, just the idea of like not having my kids want for nothing. The fact that this house could potentially pay for one of my kids' college tuitions. Or I could sell this house so that my kids, we can be, my family, we can be in our dream house in a few years. Um, That is, that's what changed. That mentality, knowing that I have that in in life, that I worked so hard to get to this point. Lord only knows where I could be, potentially in a few years. Wow. I think buying a house gives you that, that power, that, feeling like I could do anything. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, y'all. But it's like when you go through a hard process, whether it's college, grad school, once you're done, it's like, I conquered that. You conquered it. I can do a lot more. You conquered You're in school now too, right? Yes. 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 What don't you do? What you do? (laughs) (laughs) Y'all. Ellipses. To be continued, y'all. To be continued. That is great. So not only do I appreciate the fact that you're giving us this story and this, you know, you're triumphant, but you're willing to share that with other people, yeah. which is why you and four other women mm-hmm. started My Young Homeowner. Yeah. So what's up with that? So I just recall this um, saying that Maya Angelou has when you learn, teach and when you get, give. And that just rings volumes to me, especially in our community. Like, we have this knowledge. We've gone through this process. Why wouldn't we share with other people? And, I mean, we did it. Anybody could do it. Y'all, yes, yes, yes. It's so doable. Yes. (laughs) It's so doable. It doesn't matter how much you make, how much or how little, you can do it. And so, between the time that I put an offer in my house in September, um... And this moment right now in July of the following year, I met and came across other women who were in the process of buying a home. Some were struggling. Some were breathing through. We did different things, though. Two women bought in D.C. One girl renovated her entire house. She did a renovation. Yo, 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 sorry. Quick side note. Renovations are a whole other beast. Yeah. Just, that's a whole nother stressful another, another thing. So she, she renovated her entire she home. She did a renovation. Okay. Um, one of the girls was in the process of a short sale. So we all had the same goal, but we did it in different ways. We were in the process of going about it in different ways. And I was like, how cool would it be to capture all of our steps and like create a guide to show people how to do it? Because I was in the thick of it, and I know I was struggling and feeling down, and like, I need help, and da 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 And I was like, I wish I had something, so how about we be that for someone else? And that's how this platform came about. What? Yeah. So what is your goal with My Young Homeowner? 
Um, what are you hoping to accomplish? What is the medium? What do you want to accomplish with it? I think the whole quote with Maya Angelou, for me, is my goal. And I, I, I guess we all have different goals. All of the other women, I'm sure, have their own. I think collectively, though, we want to be able to inspire and teach. Homeownership is scary because you, you don't know what you don't know. You know what I mean? But as soon as you're given the knowledge with anything in life, once you know how to book a plane ticket and travel, it's like, it's easy to travel. Yeah, like, y'all. Yeah, once you know how to invest in the stock market, once you're given the knowledge, it's a, it becomes a second second nature. You, yeah. Yeah, so we just want to equip people with the knowledge and the information to make them feel empowered that they can get pre-qualified, you know, to so take the first less step. that there's this big barrier, there's all this, I don't know, hearsay about what something like this is. And your job is essentially just to make that burden less yeah. and kind of tearing down the tree. Yeah, absolutely. And making it more visible for someone who Absolutely, know. absolutely. Education, awareness is, is everything. And that's what we're just we're just trying to... We're just trying to sp- spread some black girl magic. You oh, know what I mean? Look at that nice <laughs> sprinkle of chocolate smatters sprinkle everywhere. Sprinkle there, sprinkle there. Smatter that, smatter <laughs> that. So you're going you're gonna to do it via a YouTube channel. Yes, so we're going to be launching an episode a week um, on our YouTube channel, season one of our platform. So is this like a drama? What? No, it's literally us sitting on the couch talking about topics. Okay. We have our wine, we're engaging in a conversation. But season one, uh, we did five episodes, and all of them are really about... Planting the seed of home ownership. Planting the seed. Yeah. Okay. So encouraging and inspiring people that they can do it. But really, there's so much you have to think about and consider before you sign your name or before you write a check or even before you get a realtor. There's so many questions you have to ask yourself. And I feel like all five of us realized that after we went through the process, like I probably could have spent more time about where I want to live or my budget or I probably could have spent more time saving. And it's not until you, you know, this buckets of information yeah. that you have to like know more. Yeah. So season one is all about all about that. The first steps, what to expect in the home buying process, um, what credit is. We break down definitions of credit, debt to income ratio, what to um, what to think about. Like, where do you want to live? Are you going to be getting a job in a new state in a few years or even a year? All of these questions that can like impact your decision. <laughs> we do kind of like um, we do an episode on the pros and cons of homeownership versus renting. Um, so season one is really kind of just like planting the seed, getting people to think. Um, season two, we haven't started filming yet, but all of the episodes are written out. It's more about the nitty gritty of the lenders the realtors how to find a good lender what your lender is supposed to do for you what the heck is a lender lender? right talk about how to find a good real estate agent what their purpose is how to save money like how to get to that number if you have student loans if you have credit card debt um so we talk more about nitty-gritty things um season three is to be is y'all cliffhanger so we have we have 60 episodes right now 60 60 episodes yes 
Six zero. Six zero. The way I envision oh, right. it is season three is going to, every episode will walk through the step-by-step process. So step one episode will be about oh. qualifications. Step two, finding your real estate agent, all the way to settlement, which will be the last yeah. step. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a lot. There's a lot of steps in between. Yeah, that. so um, what I can say now is please follow us and just stay tuned for what we have in store. We have so much content and experience amongst the five of us that we want to share and what with makes the world. you all unique is the fact that you're under 30 all of y'all are under 30 are y'all under 25 too all of us are under 25 yes well, not my age bro i'm the 25 to 34 <laughs> sect <laughs> we're all under okay. the age of 25 and okay. we're, we're homeowners all homeowners yes. you're all people of color yes. you're all y'all have curly hair yes thick curly hair yes you all know that kind yes. of hair so yeah, excellent. Mm-hmm. One of the girls is in the process of moving. Uh, another girl will, I think she'll be moving in like the next two weeks. Okay. New construction, and the rest of okay. us are new homeowners within the year. Live. Okay, mm-hmm. so this is all. All of this is relatively recent. So yeah. it's like recent memory. Fresh in our brains. Good. Yeah. Oh, so you guys just do pour all yes. this information out because mm-hmm. I do. I really do believe that we need yet another source. Who, who looks a little bit more similar to us mm-hmm. to help encourage and inspire other people yeah. that y'all, this is possible. <laughs> and, it's, and we're for everyone, right? I don't want to just... Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, y'all. Yeah, we're for everyone. Totals. But as, you know, a woman of color, it resonates with me. The fact that buying property is deeper than just moving out. It's, it's a deeper thing. It's a deeper so. thing. Mm-hmm. That's... Oh, you all. <laughs> I just love my heart. It starts piercing with excitement. That's exactly what happened. Yes, yes. Wonderful. So let us know where to find you. Let us know when your episode's coming out. Any final words? Yeah. So you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at underscore, underscore, M-Y-H-O, underscore, underscore. Um, feel free to follow us. Um, we'll be posting on our YouTube channel starting next week. August. The countdown begins. Yes, we'll start August 2nd, which is a Thursday. Um, so we'll start off um, with episode one, just light, fun introductions. Can we subscribe to you now on your YouTube channel yet? Yes, you can subscribe to us now, Miss Young Homeowner, on YouTube. And please stay tuned. We have so much more in store. We want to do events, brunches, community service, so many things. So. It's a marathon project. It's, it's not a sprint project. Yeah, y'all. We're marathoning our way to the top, <laughs> to yes. the finish line. Yes. Thank you so Excellent. much for having me. Maya, I appreciate thank you. It. This was phenomenal. Yes, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. I'm going to hug her now, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you so of much, course. Bro. All right, guys. Again, thanks for listening. Um, you, y'all already know. Next month is August. Who knew? Like Thursday's coming up. Next month is we're going to talk about debt, debt elimination. It's going to be it won't y'all to begin with month. So get prepped for that. I'll catch you all next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>